Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise babes in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God. And his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are busting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you're about to listen to has been designed specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or you can send it to us via email at contact at wordloversglobal.com. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. Tonight, I'm going to share something amazing with you. Um, I think on for the past few weeks, I've been sharing Ephesians 1, 5, I think 6 with you. So I'm going to um, continue. Uh, the verse 5 says that having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. I explained all this on Friday last week. And so you understand that you have been predestinated. Say, I'm predestinated. You should, be, you, should be, you should be happy. You should be glad. And I explained this, that it is the limit that God gave, okay, that all who believe in Christ should be within that limit. And that limit is Christ. Christ is our predestination or he's our destination. And he said we have been predestinated for a purpose unto the adoption of children. And I explained to you, the word adoption is the Greek word heotasia, heotasia, which means that placement into sonship. Placement into sonship where you now have stand in a place to enjoy inheritance. Amen. Amen. And I gave you an example with the prodigal son. When he came back, actually, when you look at the meaning of the, the sons, the Bible says the eldest son, and then the younger son. When you look at the Greek definition of the sonship, hmm. but that is not, so, so, so for the Bible to call the younger son the one who inherits, I want you to understand that the word son is not like what you know, mother giving birth to son. It means a lot to dad. Okay? The word adoption of children, adoption of children means placing these born again into sonship, into, um, yes, into sonship where they inherit God's inheritances or God's properties. That's what it means. So when the younger son came, you realize that he was able to enjoy his father's properties. But the elder son who came was not able to enjoy his father's properties. So the younger son was actually referred to as a heels. 
even though he's younger, in terms of, in terms of inheritance of um, his father's properties, he was the one that was placed into sonship and he, he enjoyed. And that is what God has done for all of us. He has placed all of us into sonship. Where you now stand at a place to enjoy, first of all, God himself possessing. He is now your property. And two, everything he has bestowed on Christ, you are a joint heir with him. So actually, eternal life belongs to God. It's in Christ. Actually, you and Christ now share eternal life. So today, you have the power to give life. Uh oh You now stand in the place to give life. Everything... Everything Jesus is, is who you are now. Everything he has now is what you have now. That is why we can say, receive the Holy Spirit. And Jesus does it. Because we now share in that regard. Because everything now Jesus has is what you have. Why? Because you have been placed into sonship. You now stand in a place where you inherit everything God. But unfortunately, when we enter into heaven, eh, we will know that people will regret, be like, ah, so I couldn't enjoy 2% of all this amazing inheritance. That were at your beck and call. Everything is at your beck and call. You know, the problem I told you on Sunday is that the longest distance is from your head to your heart. You are not allowing the word of God to, you know, you can say it in your head. But you realize that the thing has not become your life. When it becomes your life, you will live it. You will see, you will see it happen. Because manifestation doesn't come from the head. It starts from the heart. How do I know? That's what the Bible says. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it cometh the issues of life. So the issues of life are from your heart, not your head. Can you see that? Uh-huh. So we have been predestinated. God marked you out in Christ that he would make you or place you into sonship, a place where you enjoy and inherit. The book of Galatians says that now that we have become children, he said God has what? Transferred the spirit of his son into our heart that we may cry out what? Abba, Father. So the spirit of his son is now deposited in us to make him just like him. So you have been made everything like Christ. In terms of power, in terms of glory, in terms of everything. Everything Christ is and has you have. Oh, glory. glory. I pray that you get, Father, let it enter our hearts. You. See, when it enters your heart, that's why you can't sit down. When it enters your head, you'll be thinking, mm, son, me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> let it enter your heart. Yes, sir. Yes. This is an amazing. Look at it. He said, and because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. So now we don't know God as God. Neither do we know him as creator. Neither do we know him as anything. We know him as father. So the relationship God has with us is father. Say father. father. Say my heavenly father. My heavenly father. And you can say this because he has sent the spirit of his son into your heart. Before we came as born again, Jesus was the only son. So the Bible calls him the only begotten of the father. But when we came, we have become sons. And for, for our legitimacy as sons, his spirit had to be sent into us. That's what we call the placement into sonship, adoption. So the spirit of Christ in your heart is the adoption. Places you in the place where you too, you have become a son. You too, you can cry out and say, my father. My father. 
He said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. The first time they heard, they said, our father, our beloved father. In the Old Testament, they never knew God as father. They knew him as God. They knew him as the creator. They knew him as everything apart from father because there was no relationship. And I'm going to explain to you tonight. So go back to Ephesians. So he has predestinated us unto the adoption of sonship. Yeah. By Jesus Christ. And all these things had to be done by Jesus Christ. To who? To the father himself. According to the pleasure of his will. So this is what makes God happy. That today you call him father. And he calls you a son. Not just a son. But a son that enjoys what he has and who he is. So there are a lot of believers who are not enjoying, enjoying God. Because <laughs> they don't think they have him. The word adoption is the word kleronomos, which means to possess. It is the same word, not in the same Greek, but in the same meaning as the word have. You have. You have. It means you possess. Ah. So we have been predestinated. Hallelujah. Then in the verse 6, it says, Now to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us what? Accepted in the beloved. So because of what he has done, you have been accepted. And I explain why, how the acceptance happened. The acceptance happened because Jesus was accepted. And I explained to you that about the, the federal heads. I explained to you that every, everybody is, is in Christ. Every born again is in Christ. And Christ is the one that was accepted of God. Okay? And he is the object of God's love. He's the object. He's the one that God, God loves. And all of us who come into Christ, for if any man be in Christ, for anyone that is in Christ, is also loved by God just as he loves Jesus, the object of his love. He cannot love Jesus and not love what Jesus possesses or carries. He must love and... Look at this. This is amazing. And it's truth. God doesn't love Jesus one inch more than he loves you. He doesn't love Jesus one inch more than he loves you. The same love he has for Jesus is the same love he has for you. The same way he treats Jesus is the same way he treats you. Why? You are in him. You are loved because you are in Christ who is loved. You are accepted because you are in Christ who is accepted. Now, you being in Christ who is accepted makes you acceptable. So I am acceptable because of the accepted. What does he mean? God has accepted Christ. He has no choice that everything in Christ now becomes acceptable as the accepted. Yeah. Amazing. You get it? Say the grace of God. And all these things speaks about the grace of God. His unmerited favor. He says that, look, you don't, you don't actually deserve God to give the love he has for Christ to you. <laughs> because when you talk about Jesus, he knew no sin. He did no sin. Sin was not found in him. But not to us. We were born out of sin. We did sin. Sin was found in us. We are always sinning. So God cannot compare the love he has for Christ to us. Yet, he says, 
How much I love Christ who has done or not all these things. That is the same love I have for you. Because I don't see you. I don't see your weakness. I don't see your frailty. I don't see your mistakes. You are accepted regardless because you are found in Christ. This is, I mean, catch this revelation. Catch this revelation. Say, I'm accepted in the beloved. Say, I am accepted in the beloved. Say, I am accepted in the beloved. I am accepted until it enters your heart. I am accepted in the beloved. Say it again. I am accepted in the beloved. Now, when it enters your heart, this is what you know. You will never ever think that Jesus or God will never do anything for you that he ever did for Christ. Okay. There was a time Jesus didn't have money to pay for taxes. The father made money appear for him. That's how much he loves him. You can't stay with that money. Because he loves you just like he loved him. There was a time he saw 5,000 people, only men, we didn't count the women and children. And there were five. What they had naturally would not be able to satisfy not even a small boy. But when he lifted it up to the father, the father gave him more than enough until there were excess. Hey, is somebody catching the revelation? What it means is that whatever I think I have that is less or small, my father would treat me the same way he treated Jesus. That five, that small thing I have will be so much that I'll have excess at the end of the day. Say, I'm found, I'm found in the beloved. I'm found in the beloved. And I'm accepted in him. He loves me just like he loves Jesus. I am lovable. Because I'm in the beloved. Can you catch this? All right. So this weekend, or from now to the weekend, I'm going to take you to verse 7, where he says that, in whom? In the beloved. Because he ended with, in the beloved. Then he said, in whom? Which means the beloved. In whom we have. Now the word have is what I'm telling you. Is the word possess. We have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. According to what? The riches. In some translation, you see, according to the glory of his grace. And I explain what the glory is. Dogs are. What does it mean? The estimate. Yes, the proper estimate of grace is glory. So he said, according to the proper estimate of God's grace. What is the estimate? That you have received redemption through his blood and you have been forgiven of all sins. He said, this is the proper estimate of grace. <laughs> so, you see, once you know you have, you have been redeemed through the blood, and once you know that you have, you have been forgiven, you understand grace. You understand grace. So, when we talk about grace, just know that you, are, you have been redeemed. Huh? Through his blood. When I touch on blood, I don't want to touch on blood tonight. Amazing. Say the blood. Because it is the blood that gave birth to redemption and forgiveness. <laughs> Without the blood, no forgiveness. Without the blood, no redemption. So the blood is the main thing. The blood. 
all the blood of Jesus. In whom we have redemption through his blood. I'm going to take you through a few definitions and then I will teach you a few things. You ready? Now, the word tonight, I'm talking to you about, about the first one, redemption. Then maybe Friday, I'll talk about blood and then the forgiveness. Okay? Yes, sir. Now, the Greek word for redemption is the word apolutrosis. Why is it important to pick the Greek meaning? Because the English is not able to explain it well. You know, one Greek word has maybe 10 to 12 English interpretations. For example, when I talk, the day I talk about forgiveness, you will realize that the, the English word cannot express forgiveness. The word actually is not forgiveness. Forgiveness is understatement. <laughs> yeah. Forgiveness is just understatement. And when you understand it, you realize that why we are not able to forgive each other. Because the English word is not doing the thing for us. <laughs> Are you with me? Yes, sir. Now, the word apolutrosis, I'll spell for you. A-P-O-L-U-T-R-O-S-I-S. Actually, it's a compound word that comes from the two words, apo and lutro. Ah, you remember this? Apo and lutro. Apo, A-P-O and then L-U-T-R-O-O, lutro. Apo, lutro. Now, the word apo means marker of separation. Marker of separation. Marker, M-A-R-K-E-R, marker of separation. So the marking of separation. So it gives you an idea. We are getting in there. Separation. And then lutro is the word to redeem something. So in other words, what it means is that marker of what? Separation by redemption. And you know what redemption is? To buy back. So it means I'm buying you back by separating you from. Some, we know, some, a lot of people know about the word redemption, but I pray that the Holy Spirit will give us deeper, deeper understanding. Is that okay? Yes, sir. Yeah, marker of separation and then rede redemption. And redemption means to buy back. To buy back. To buy back. Okay? In other words, to buy back in order to separate. And if you are buying back, it means that you used to be somewhere and somebody took you. Yeah. Yeah. Now you are being brought back to where you used to be. Yeah. So the word redemption can actually stand for restoration. Can you see that? So for example, I used to belong to, to mommy. And What's your name? Benjamin bought me. Okay? Now, Edmond, or mommy, comes to buy me back, redeem me, to separate me from Benjamin to himself, to mommy again. So it's a restoration. You get it now? Yes, we are getting deeper. Don't worry. It can also mean that to losing what is bound, to, lose, to losing what is bound, to losing what is bound. To losing what is bound. I want to give you all these so you can understand redemption, what the blood did. So the first one I said to, to redeem. 
for separation. This one also, to lose somebody who is bound or to losing what is bound. To losing what is bound. Comma. Lose any person tied or fastened. Losing anybody tied or fastened. Like the donkey, right? <laughs> the donkey was fastened, but it was loosed. <laughs> that was some kind of redemption. Yeah. But it will be brought back again. Another definition is to release someone. To release someone. Oh, I've been redeemed. To release someone. From the power of someone else. To release someone from the power of someone else. To release someone from the power of someone else. So you understand it, right? Yes, so for example, years ago we had um, slaves. Okay. Uh-huh. So it's like a slave is under someone. And the slave is bound. So somebody else goes to pay. They normally pay what we call ransom. Ransom is a price tag on that fellow. You see, normally when they are selling slaves, they will say 5,000, 10,000, 20,000. That price is how much that slave is worth. That is the ransom of the person, of that slave. So if I want that one, then I have to pay the ransom. Do you get it now? Now, the person has a price on that person because that person is more powerful than the slave. So what I do is that I buy the slave from the power of that person and I set, that, and I set the, the slave free. That's what, that's what redemption means. That's what redemption means. You good? Now, it can also be seen as somebody who is powerless, who cannot redeem or save himself. And somebody else comes who is more powerful and able to help that powerless person to be free. So you are powerless. Oh, I should read it the way I wrote it. Okay. To, <laughs> to deliver one from a situation, to deliver one from a situation from which one is powerless to liberate themselves. To deliver one from a situation from which one is powerless to liberate themselves from. You got it? Yes, or for which the penalty was so costly that they could never hope to pay the ransom price. Or for which the penalty was so costly, the penalty was so costly that they could never hope to pay the ransom price. Redemption is coming alive now. Yes, that's, that's who we were. Hmm. Are we done? Are we okay? Yes, or should we do it for the last time? Okay. To deliver one from a situation from which one is powerless to liberate themselves from. Or for which the penalty was so costly that they could never hope to pay the ransom price. 
Amazing. Charlie, we, we, we could not. We didn't stand a chance. We were so powerless, so hopeless, that we couldn't pay the price. I'm going to show you what price it is. Hmm. Now, the next one is, redemption is automatic redance. Automatic redance. Have you heard of the statement, good redance? What does it mean? Imagine my, uh, 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 um, Pastor Manuel is supposed to come to me. And I don't want him in my house. I want to get rid of him. I really don't want him. So the, the intention is I, I want to get rid of him. So he wants to come and all of a sudden I hear that, oh, something happened and so he's not coming again. And I said, good redance. That means I have gotten rid of him. So the word redemption is automatic getting rid of. <laughs> that's what Jesus did for us. And that's what stands today. So you see, automatically, your, the chains, the bounds, the powerlessness, the slavery, and all that, they have been automatically what? Been get, gotten rid of because of the blood. And that stands today. So today, even if you embark in an act, apart from being under the law, if you embark in an act that the old masters were supposed to have you, it cannot. Even if you stand in a place where you ought to be bound, you cannot be bound because there is an automatic redance because of the blood. Please get this. Now, there are a lot of Christians who are bound in their, in their mind, who are bound because of certain things they do. They find themselves doing something, they feel that they can be bound. Because they never understood the meaning of redemption. There is no way you can be bound because of redemption. There is no way. And I want to be practical. Even somebody enters into sexual immorality, sin, guilt, conscience, which used to be a slave master, over that person has no chance to enslave again. We are not saying it is a good thing to do, but we are saying that even if that person who is born again, who is predestined and adopted into the sonship of Christ and has been accepted into the, in the beloved, if that person embarks on such an act, there is an automatic redance. That means what he did that could have that person under bondage. There is an automatic redance. It means it's getting rid of. Automatically it's gotten rid of by the blood. Because the blood is still speaking. Can you see that? Now when you know this, it makes you free. It makes you free. Now when you are not free, that is when you are bound, you find yourself bound under bondage. Which is actually not Act real. Okay, I made a mistake. So what? The blood speaks of my redemption. Now, you need to understand that redemption is not a temporal thing. Redemption was an eternal act of God through Jesus Christ. So, you were released. You were made free. <laughs> you have been separated from all the masters that bound you Forever. Which means that they have no place. 
They have no chance. Haven't you realized sometimes we have been lied to? You know, when you do something wrong, Satan can have access. Satan can have access to you. It's a lie, except you don't know. Satan only comes to you when you feel condemned. Do you remember Mary Magdalene when she came to Jesus? When, Jesus, when they went, what did Jesus tell the person? Jesus didn't speak like a modern day preacher. Jesus spoke like himself, grace. <laughs> Jesus said, look at the words, neither do I condemn you. That's the first word. Go and sin no more. Do you know what we would, we would have said today? Don't go and sin so you are not condemned. Because you are afraid of the sin. But you see, when a man knows he is not condemned, he has power, strength. As you are listening to me right now, understand what I'm saying. Strength is coming to you. The word condemn in the Greek could also stand for um, what do you call it? I don't want to use powerlessness, but you are, you are, you are drained. You see, anytime you feel condemned, you are drained. And Satan is happy. But anytime you know you have been forgiven, anytime you know, you understand what Christ has done for you, you know you did a thing, but you do not allow that guilt and that con consciousness to overwhelm you. Because it is no longer your master. For the Bible says that for sin shall not be, shall not dominate you. Why? Because there's redemption. There's an automatic redance. Oh my God. Look, look, at this, look at this statement. It said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. No wonder Mary Magdalene went and she was strengthened. She never embarked in the, in the prostitution. A lot of people who have addiction and they are in a particular sin and they cannot stop. You can pray for them. You can do everything for them until you liberate them here. Knowing that they are liberated and they are redeemed if they are born again. And give them that power of what Jesus has done. They can never overcome that thing. Because they will always subject themselves as slaves to that thing. And that is what a lot of people are struggling with. Yeah, we can pray for you, but we pray for you after giving you knowledge. So a lot of people, 99% of people who are struggling with a particular kind of sin, they can never overcome it. Sin is no longer your master. That's what I want you to know. <laughs> so somebody will be like, okay, but I still get into sin. Yes, you get into sin, but sin is not your master. Sin cannot bound you. That's the truth. Sin cannot bound you. It can't bind you. You cannot be bound by sin. Glory! Glory! For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under Okay. So if you don't understand grace, then you don't understand this one too. Grace is a substitute for stoichion. Which means that I did something evil, something wrong. I deserve a penalty for the wrong thing. But grace says that you did something wrong, but somebody has taken the place of your punishment. You go free. Grace. Grace. So what it means is that for sin shall not have dominion over you. 
Why? For ye are not under the law. You are not under the system where karma works. Where you do good, you receive good. Where you do bad, you receive bad. But you are under the new system of Christ. Where you do bad, but Christ has taken your position to give you his highest place. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Rayma 9 at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our Friday services, dubbed Night of Bliss at 6 p.m. And sit under the reign of heaven in our Furnace service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-L Jedu, and on Instagram as Prophet Danny-L Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. Prophet Daniel Jedu's book, Partnership with the Lord is Out, and it's selling fasting prints and on Amazon. This book has all you need to help you assess your God-given right. You can contact Word and Spirit International Contact Services on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-50432-8959 for any inquiries. So many people are listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast on Podbean and many have received testimonies by listening. We want you to share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or sending it to us via email to contact at wordloversglobal.com. You were made to live from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world. You are blessed.